Okay, Tzaraim Tov, we continue at, in learning the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon from Shimshon Pinkus, and we're discussing the detailed part of prayers. So we finished uh, Moda'ani, and the next section, believe it or not, is not really a prayer at all. But based on the Arizal, the Arizal says before one arranges his prayers in shul, one should accept upon himself the mitzvah of ve'ahavta l'riyacha kamocha, that you shall love your brother like yourself. And the Arizal continues, he says, one should have in mind to love each and every Jewish person like his own self. When you do that, that will elevate your prayers to be incorporated in all the prayers of the Jewish people, and your prayer will be able to ascend higher and higher and bear fruits. And especially um, friendship, uh, love among friends that are learning Torah together. Each and every one should incorporate himself as if he is one limb of the Hevra. Okay? And especially if a person has knowledge and comprehension to understand the different levels of soul, etc., etc. And if somebody of the group is suffering, they all need to take part in his suffering. Or if someone's sick or someone doesn't have ch children, should pray for them. And all the prayers and all the words, we should uh, partner with our friends with that. And uh, and, and this is, and, and the one who quotes this, a student of the Rizal says, and the Rizal spoke a lot about this idea of loving your chevra uh, in that group uh, to enhance prayer. And that's why, I don't know if it's in the Arts Girl Sitter, but it's in my Sitter. You say, Hareini Makabal Alai, I now hereby accept upon myself, mitzvah svahaftarecha kamocha, the mitzvah of loving your neighbor like yourself. So really one should the first thing you should say. First thing after after you say, Well, let's uh we got we got Matovua Halecha coming up over here as well. So we'll see about that. But this is before any of the Dominic. Before any before any of the brachas. That's the first thing you should say. Okay. So uh now, Rapitkus now is going to discuss this, and he says this obligation to, to say, I want to fulfill the myth of loving a neighbor like yourself, it's not just a good piece of advice, but as Darizal says, it really is a portion of the essence of the whole concept of prayer. Because quoting again Darizal, it says, through this accepting this mitzvah, your prayers ascend and they're incorporated amongst the prayers of the Jewish people. So this is a very important part of this. And now these questions, what's the connection between these two things, prayer and loving the Jewish people? So he starts off with a simple answer, and then we'll give a deeper answer. The simple answer is, as the Rambam writes in Hilchus Tshuva, Rambam writes, how virtuous is the virtue of Tshuva? Yesterday, before Tshuva, the person was separated from Hashem, as the Pasuk says, and your sins create barriers between yourselves and Hashem. Yesterday, you cried out and you weren't responded to. Okay, and not only that, you did mitzvahs and they got ripped up in your face. But now that you've done Tshuva, you now are clinging to the Shekhinah and now your prayers are getting answered and your mitzvahs are accepted, etc. 
So, interestingly, even though, uh, you know, the real truth is there's no such thing as any prayer that doesn't ascend, but there are certain prayers that do get ripped up. And uh, it doesn't get there until another time later that it can ascend. But it doesn't really have an immediate impact. Okay? And it's not so simple to merit that your prayers should come before Hashem's throne of glory. So, therefore, what you have is a good, more than just a piece of advice, but you want to get your prayers up there. We want the... It's a strategy. Yes, it's a strategy. And one way of understanding it is, just like the Gemara in Tainus says, a prayer that said in a tzibor, in a congregation, we have a guarantee that when you daven with the congregation, the entire congregation's prayer goes up, and Hashem is never repulsed by a prayer of a congregation. And even if not everybody has the right kavana, still in all, your prayers are received by Hashem. So now the Rizal is saying, let's say even if you're not davening in the tzibur, let's say you're davening alone at home. But if you have some connection to the congregation, how is that? By loving everybody. Okay? And he, he learns Torah with other people. So therefore he has people he's connected with. Obviously if you're a hermit, you're never going to love anybody. But you have connection with people and you're thinking about other people. So now it's Mida Keneged Meda. If you love, you can be loved. If you hate, you can be hated. So if there's a person, let's say you are not happy with him, you're really angry and you hate this person that causes a blemish okay and uh, you could be pushed off to a certain degree from Hashem so um, that's an important thing to understand whoever you may have a kapeda against you have to remember that's a kapeda against who who is every Jew like an only child of God so it's like you're hating the only child of God as it were and Hashem said that's too much you bedafka of all the people in the world, you have to hate my kid. I guess wait a minute, it's a lot of kids. Well, you could hate Goyim. Goyim you could hate. If you're really angry at a Goyim, you could hate him. But you hate a Jew, I should say, of the 7 billion people on the planet, there's only 12, 13 million Jews. That's so little Jews. You bedafka have to pick one of my kids to hate. So this is just on a, on a superficial level, but still very true. That if you're not friends with one of God's kids, so you expect him to answer your prayers, so you want to feel like you're part of the group. Like and parents wanting their children to get along with each other. That's right. Same idea. So that is, and therefore, this puts you into being part of the group. So even if you have, let's say, now, obviously, if you're not dominating a minion, which is not so good, but at least this helps a little bit, makes you part of the group. But let's say double if you're diving with dominion and you're loving everybody now you got a double punch in the right direction to help you out that is on a simple level to understand that but now he's going to take it a bit dip, dip, uh, deeper he's going to say what is the common denominator between these two mitzvahs loving other people and prayer and rapinka says the common denominator is emuna faith because the whole power of prayer works and it's based on the power of Amuna, that you believe you're talking to Hashem, you're relying on Hashem, and you know Hashem's the only one who can do it for you. There's a lot of Amuna that's 
Tvila is based in. If you don't have that Amuna, then what's the whole point of davening? Okay, now the question is, okay, so you say you really believe in Hashem. Well, okay, good. So let's have a litmus test. How much do you really believe that Hashem is all-powerful and nothing happens except for Him, etc., etc.? You know what one of the best ways of telling is? How good are you at for Haftalah Recha Kamoch? Oh, I believe in Hashem. But I don't talk to that guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. You believe in Hashem, you don't talk to that guy? Fulfilling this mitzvah is like a hundred witnesses that you're the person who throws his whole burden in Hashem. And that proves that your tefillah is based on Amunah. So it's very interesting. If you don't really believe that Hashem is going to help you, you could pray all day long to Him, and it's really not such a useful exercise. It has to come from an understanding. Hashem, I know you're the only one who can do it. Everything comes to you. I can't do anything without you. I'm coming to you as a pauper, all the different expressions of prayer, because I know only you can help me. Okay. But that's good words to memorize. It's good words to say. But do you mean those words? So when you start off by saying, Mitzvah, sasei, shel, rafa. I said by myself the mitzvah of every Jew that not just stam, it means at that point in time, there's not a Jew that you hate. Now, this can help, you know, you understand. What did you do right before you went to bed? Before you went to bed, you said the Shema. And in the Shema, one of the paragraphs, in that first paragraph says that you're saying to Hashem, I want to forgive everybody who's ever hurt me. I don't want anybody whether in this Gilgal, another Gilgal. So you're kind of ending off, and that's your amuna that you're giving your soul to Hashem. And with that, you're already saying, I forgive every Jew. Now, if you meant that, that's good. What have you got to say in the morning? Uh, So, but then you have to remind yourself, it shouldn't be so hard, because if you didn't forgive anybody last night, you gotta have to discuss, why am I not forgiving this guy? The whole point is that night, you should go to bed forgiving everybody. So if you've done that, it should be easier in the morning. Now, that still doesn't necessarily help uh, for Mincha and Marv. But uh, it's interesting, um, in my sitter, it only has it for Shachris. You mean because by that time you could get into trouble again? Uh, yeah. So it's interesting. I, I'd have to double check to see. I resolve me, which it, oh, it doesn't hurt to do it three times a day. In my sitter, I only find it in the Shachris. I don't think in our scroll it's there at all, if I'm not mistaken. You can look, but I don't think it's there. But anyway, this becomes a, a very important litmus test. So now Rav Pink is going to explain this in a broader way. He says, let's think about, if we really reflect on it, there is a difficulty in fulfilling the mitzvah of a haftalarecha kamocha. Is there a difficulty? So let's try to understand. Why would it bother us that our friend should have things as good off as us? Love him like yourself. Should it bother me that my friend has it as good as me? Let's say if the mitzvah was I should want my friend to have more. Okay, that might be hard. Right? But Hashem's not saying love him more than yourself. Love him like yourself. So why is it still very hard for Jews to love every Jew like themselves? They're not even asking to love them more. 
So where does that come from? He said, for those who find it difficult, it comes from a lack of amuna. He goes, for example, let's say you, uh, you're going in the street and there's a yid in your eyes that uh, is not such a friend, friendly with you. It doesn't look like he has any shaykhis to Torah and doesn't even have derech eretz. And, uh, you know, let's say uh, a young kid who's smoking joints, tattooed and all this. Doesn't ever occur to you maybe to think, did Hashem really create the whole world just for that person? Yeah. You know, you think about it. But the truth is, yes. <laughs> He's like an only child of Hashem. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, uh, when he sees, when Hashem looks at this tattooed, drugged up Jew, he says, right now, I'm not interested in looking at Avram Avinu, not in Yitzchak, not in Yaakov. I'm not looking at the Gedoli Hador. There's only one Jew who's precious to me right now, this Jew, and if Hashem would hug and kiss him if he'd allow him to. Right? So therefore, maybe you're going to say, I can't do that. I can't do it. But Hashem can. And we're not exaggerating over here. And that's really how we have to look at every Jew, to look at him as God's Ben Yochid. This is God's only child. To look at every Jew like that. So therefore, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, of to have Kamocha, really is a condition to prayer. Because if you don't like every Jew, that means you're missing some emuna in the chesed of Hashem. When, Hashem, when a person turns to Hashem and asks him for everything he needs, now, he's assuming Hashem, I'm asking, I know Hashem how much he loves each and every Jew and wants what's good for each and every Jew. So let's think about this. Let's say you're assuming Hashem's going to love me and give me what I need just as much as he would give to my friend. Right? So therefore, you got to wonder, well, wait a minute. If, if I don't think that that Jew is any good and God wouldn't help him so why do I think I'm any better? If we're looking at another Jew and we're saying, you know, Hashem can't love that Jew, then what, where's your amuna? He only loves you and anybody else? Okay. So uh, it, it appears, you know, you're going to ask Hashem to answer first because you love me in spite of my failures, etc., etc. So if you really have a moon and Hashem, you know he cares about every Jew. So why would you not care about another Jew as well? Now this, forget about the idea of getting into fights with other Jews. He's not even going there. But are there Jews that you have really fights with? Are there Jews that you really think they're, I really don't like them? Okay, that's the problem. Or Jews I don't have to care about? So this is... Um, very critical. So therefore, the, the Eitzah he gives, the merit in fulfilling this mitzvah properly, right, depends on the strength of your amuna. When you feel and look that everything really depends on Hashem and all the blessings come from Hashem, then, and I prove that from the fact that I look at every Jew and I love every Jew because I know Hashem loves every Jew, that that gives me some traction with my amuna and Hashem before I pray. I can see what and, it is. Yeah. The challenge, like, the situation 
25 plus years ago, there were a couple of Jewish guys at work, secular Jews, and they were kind of an embarrassment. They cut corners, they came in late, and they were... They were they noticeably were Jewish? Jewish. They, but Noticeably were, Jewish? Well, they had Jewish names and they looked Jewish, but uh -huh. I mean... Yes. And I was kind of felt a little bit embarrassed. It was hard to feel a warmth for them because I thought they were embarrassing me by their actions. Was, uh -huh. So how do you deal with that? Well, you kind of try to befriend them and then try to uh, uh, explain to them it's not really appropriate right. as Jews to to behave that way. That, that that's a challenge. Yeah. That's a chance. And that's why when we say the matovu uh, when we walk into shul, one of the lines we say is vani barov chastecha I enter your house with your abundance of kindness to me. Where we're underscoring the point right away we come into shul. Why am I allowed to come into Hashem's house? What gives me the right to go into Hashem's house? You think I'm so great? But it's Barov Chastach. It's because of your great kindness. Because we know that when everything Hashem does is from great kindness, and because it's great kindness, we are beloved and accepted before Hashem. We have that in mind, therefore we pray to Hashem. So if you don't think that Hashem cares about each and every Jew, then that proves that that's not, that, that you don't really believe that Hashem can take care of this. Now this goes further along, and then and therefore, and what are you going to pray about? Remember, we talked in the previous book about praying for God's um, suffering. God suffers when we're doing things are wrong. So if there's another Jew doing something wrong, you have to first of all be care loving Hashem. That oh, Hashem, you must feel so bad. There's so many Jews who don't keep the Torah, and you love them. Oh, but I will love them too, and I will pray for them. When I say, Hashem, help us all to do tshuva, I have them in mind to do tshuva. And that everybody should be feel better. So it, it, it reinforces the love that you have for every Jew. So you've got to think, or let's say when you walk into shul, and you notice some people, let's take this, this would never happen in our shul, right? You walk into shul, as you're walking in, you see five guys on their cell phones, three guys are schmoozing about things that have nothing to do with the shul. Yeah. And you could walk Game right in and, and just start saying, ah, what a terrible place. So you got to say, I love them all. Hashem, did, I, I know Hashem how much pain you're in right now. And I feel your pain and I love them. I hope I'll be a good role model that they'll learn something from me. And that's all. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. So now uh, he continues and says, this idea of a hafta l'reacha, it obligates us to reflect on the positive nature of a person. And he brings this out in the famous story that many of you have heard, but he gives a beautiful new spin on it that I never heard before that I think is, is very nice. We know the Gemara and Tainus stuff, Chafam at Beis, was a story with Rebbe Lozab Rav Shimon, who came back from a zman of learning in the yeshiva. So he felt good about himself, he had a good zman, he was learning. And as on the road, there was a certain vulgar person who approached him and said, greetings, rabbi. And it was like he felt it wasn't like for his honor and it wasn't, you know, so go to a rabbi, you don't just say greetings, rabbi, you know. You say, oh, oh honorable rabbi, something. And he didn't respond to him right away. And then he said to him, empty one. He says, how this, how, 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 um, uh, like uh, uncouth is this man are all the people in your city so uncouth 
So he says, I don't know. Why don't you go to the craftsman who made me and ask me, do I make them all so bad? So at that point, Rabbi Lozer of Shimon realized he made a mistake. He shouldn't have said what he said. He got off the donkey. He, he prostrated himself before him and says, oh, please, please, I, I, I hurt you. Please forgive me, forgive me. He says, I will not forgive you until you go to my craftsman who made me and ask him, you know, am I so disgusting? And he kept following him. And the guy said, I'm not going to forgive you. And then they ended up going to the same city. And they said, what's going on? He says, I'm not forgetting him. And everybody says, why don't you forgive him? Until finally he agreed to forgive him. Yeah, Rebel Lazar, but Rebel Shimon. Yeah, it should be, yeah. So it's difficult to understand the story on the simple level. Number one, would we assume that the holy Rebel Lazar, the son of Roshim Bar Yochai, would embarrass a person because he's whatever, embarrass him, period, in front of his face, and to call him Reiko, empty one? Why would he do that? And after he understood his mistake and he constantly wants to ask for forgiveness, the guy doesn't want to forgive him. So, so it isn't enough one time, but afterwards, you know, keep saying, I, I, I don't forgive him, I don't forgive him. Right, so what's going on over What is really the story here? So to explain this, he, he brings a story that he heard from a Jew who saw the story himself. And it's a famous story. I've said it over years ago. They talk about Rav Isser Salman Meltzer, who was one of the great tzaddikim of the door in the 1900s. It was once a Cholamite sukkah. He was in his sukkah. And he asked from another rabbi, Rav David Finkel, he said, please bring me a pen and paper. So he said to him, Rebbe, you know it's Cholamite. You don't write a Cholamite. He says, this is Pikuach Nefesh. Okay, Pikuach Nefesh, life and death. Okay, gives him the pen, paper, and he writes on the paper the following Pasuk in Mishle. Einecha lenochach yabitu. Your eyes should look opposite people. Va'afapecha yeyashu nekdecha. And from your eyelids, you should straighten out what is before you. Which means to say, when you look at people, when you look at them, you have to really look at them in a straight way and in a proper way and judge them favorably. That's really basically what the Pasuk means. So Rab David couldn't control, says, he says, where's the Pikuach Nefesh? What's the Pikuach Nefesh? He wrote a Pasuk. He said, let me tell you the truth. I'm sitting in this sukkah and it's Cholomoy. Now you're visiting me. I know you're a tzaddik and I appreciate your visit. But all kinds of people visit me. You know, it's Cholomoy. Oh, let's go to the Godlador and get a bracha from him. Right? And I could tell when people walk in if they're really serious or not serious. I can even see the faults of a person. They're just shining on their face. And when I start looking at other people, I, start, I hop to myself. It's not right for me to criticize people. But rather, as the Pusik says, my eyes should straighten them out before me. Because I don't want to stumble of not loving every Jew. So from Isser Salman Meltzer called it Pikuach Nefesh for him to write on Chol HaMoet. That means it's serious. Okay? 
it's not a small thing, and it really is important. I got to finish this before it moves. So with this story, Rapinkas takes it on. He says, okay, so Rabelazar Shimon, he saw this person. It wasn't just Stam seeing the person, but he saw the depths of the person. He saw his whole essence. He saw his neshama, everything he saw. And he saw that this guy is mamish a zero. Doesn't daven, doesn't learn. He's got no good meadows. It wasn't that he was just, you know, didn't give him honor. He looked at his five levels of soul, and it was all just disgusting. His meadows was terrible. It's not something he should be saying shalom for. He saw how deep, because he saw mystically what's going on. He was so shocked at such a person. So he said, are the other people like you? What he meant to say is, is the hashpa, the influence of your place that strong that caused you to be this way. Now what Elizabeth and Hashimen was trying to gain from love to this guy is to arouse him to change his ways and his neshama and to say that even uh, if you do sometimes uh, good things, you should know inside you're not such a great guy. You're saying good, hello to me. Well, what kind of business is this? Okay, I guess it was a little bit of a litfish approach to giving him a rebuke. So the answer said, I don't know. So the question is, what do you mean you don't know? Doesn't a person know if the people like him are so bad? He said, are the people like you so bad? So he says, I don't know how to look into people's souls. But if you do know how to look into people's souls, and that is such a high level you're at, then you should know that my soul has to have some connection to God. And if my destruction is so bad, so go to the one who made me and ask him that he should clean me up. And I'm not moichel you to, until you go to Shem and ask him to, die, to fix me up if you really think that uh, you looked at it everywhere from top to bottom. So go to my maker and say to my maker, is there no hope for me as well? Ah, so now he's, he understood the criticism. Yes, that the soul is connected totally to Hashem. And every Jew certainly has a connection to Hashem at the root of his soul. So it's no such thing that he is so bad that he's irredeemable. And that's what guys say, I might be a bum, but am I so irredeemable? Go to Hashem. And that was the little bit of the blemish of Rebbe Lezbeth He didn't reflect. He only looked at the disgusting part that was there, but not at the virtues. And he asks him, you know, he said, I, I spoke a little bit too much. Please forgive me. So from here we see that the mitzvah obliges us to look at his positive traits if every Jew as he is because he's connected to Hashem. And that's such an important part. No one is telling you to, to deny the evil that's in that person. There are certain people that are really bad. Okay, so the two guys you saw at work, obviously there's certain evil that's inside of them. But then we have to think a step further. Okay, so listen, he's created from Hashem. Maybe every level inside of them is bad. But if they're totally created from Hashem, there has to be a certain part of the person that is good. And that part of the person that is good is totally connected to Hashem. And that requires a lot of amuna. And that's the same amuna is that, and Hashem's going to answer you? 
Again, many of us feel, why should Hashem answer me? I'm not such a tzaddik. Or I've prayed many times, I don't think I've gotten anything. I'm not worthy that Hashem should answer me. So maybe the biggest problem is you don't love yourself even. So you gotta love others to realize that everybody's got a deep connection to Hashem. We just have to find it. And therefore, if you have that amuna, then you have that amuna that your prayer should be answered. Yes, now we got a couple minutes so for I questions. That the writing on full so the writing was because the rabbi was feeling he could be susceptible to his Yetzirah that would look at these people as nudniks. Because you're not you're not allowed to write on Cholamoid. It's a sur to write on Cholamoid. What? We do less of the stuff on Cholamoid. We do what? We go to work sometimes. Well, if you have to work, that's only with a leniency. And because that leniency, you can write. But a rabbi who's not working, okay, if you're not working on Cholamoid, right. and you're sitting in your sukkah, why would you want to write? You're not supposed to write anything. Now, we, we explained this morning in the Gemara class, have to be connected to writing on Cholamoid. Certain things you could write. Let's say you just came up with a Chidushe Torah. Yeah. New insight. You don't want to forget it. You can write it down. But this wasn't even a, a new insight. Like, if he would have written down a Dvar Torah that he thought of, he'd say, okay. Was, but why call it Pikuach Nevis, life or death? Well, it is. Because if I, if I look at people negatively, then that is very destructive to my soul. And, it's and a that, potentially, too. Yes, yeah. and, that, and that can happen. That can happen often. So, therefore, and especially you come into a shul, and you know, you go, if you're a stranger in a shul, and you know, you go to a certain place that Mamish doesn't have the standards that you have for davening, yeah. and you and you already get turned off. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, this is going to be a waste," you know. But you got to say right away, say, "Oh, they don't know any better." I have to love them. At least I should daven nicely. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe somebody will notice what what I'm doing is davening. But I have to love them all, and that's and let's say there's someone in shul who who did something that hurts your feelings. So you always have to pick someone out of the shul, a good trick, pick someone out of the shul, who's just our average guy, and say, you know, he mamishes a ben yochel of Hashem. And that is, will help you, that amuna will help you, that your prayers will get answered. Thank you. Okay, shkoyach.